0: Today on VT Radio, I speak with anti-war activist Dan Yassin about his amazing long run as the host of Speaking Truth to Empire. Radio. Podcast. War. Right here. Right now. On...
1: VT Radio. Let's go. With host Johnny Punish.
0: Okay, this is VT Radio and I'm on with... Dan Yassine host of the outstanding show speaking truth to empire. That's on VT. Dan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you.
0: Good, good. Dan, I want to talk to you about your show. It's a fantastic show. You feature the most amazing guests in the anti-war movement. I noticed you just had Scott Ritter on, uh, you had Medea Benjamin on and over the years, so many great people. Um, First, tell our VT viewers more about your show, what's it about, and how how you got there.
1: Uh, Well, um, as uh, I mean, I have on my um, uh, bio page on uh, VT that I've been in U.S. since uh, March of 1974. So this is my 49th year, I came as a student, went to Michigan State University, got an MS in electrical engineering and then uh, uh, Moved around a little bit and moved to California in 1979 and lived in the Bay Area, San Jose, South Bay, San Jose area and uh, 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 When I was there I worked in electronics for a couple of years and uh, uh, After I got laid off in the Reagan recession in early 80s uh i you know, got into uh, insurance business and moved into uh, been doing that for uh, close to 40 years now and in 1989 moved to fresno california uh, and uh, i have always been interested in uh, politics in general in my student uh years in uh, pakistan in the uh, late 60s and early 70s, so I took part in student protests uh, at that time, uh, that was going on against uh, the military dictators that we had in Pakistan. And uh, after that, as I said, I came here in 74, didn't get involved in politics until after 9-11. 9-11, I uh, got connected with the local the Fresno anti-war and progressive movement and uh, I'm the co-founder of my main group I'm associated with other uh, groups also but my main group is Peace Fresno so I'm one of the co-founders and it's an anti-war group so we have been doing it since right after 9-11 uh, the group was formed and uh, our main goal is really to uh, be out there, have a peace move uh, anti-war movement protest. And we have been doing that, of course, because of COVID. Uh, we haven't been as active in the last couple of years, but we are getting back down on the street. And the other aspect of Peace Fresno is to educate people. Educate people about the anti-war movement, anti-imperialism, and uh, that's how uh, I had an opportunity at a local radio station, KFCF 88.1 FM, and I was invited to do a show there, and that's how my show started, almost like uh, about 11-12 years ago, I started doing Speaking Truth to Empire, and in uh, uh, if, uh, you remember Andrey uh I got connected to him. He was like one of the people that I interviewed on my show and he was coming to California and uh, we were able to invite him to Fresno and he came here as well. Uh, So, he's the one that got me connected with VT.
0: Ah, okay. uh,
1: So, that's going back to 2015. So, my show has been on VT since that time, but I started doing the show in...
0: I was going to say, we're yeah. very proud to have you. Your your shows are always outstanding. Your shows are super interesting, and you have really the best guests, and your interview style is fantastic, so I really enjoy them.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I uh, interview people that uh, write uh, either, uh, either books or a column, mostly they are bloggers and activists, so people, uh, as you mentioned, Scott Ritter, and this year I've interviewed uh, Maria Benjamin, Joe Luria of Consortium News uh, and uh, these people and John John V. Walsh who is a columnist also and over the years I've interviewed many many people. Uh, uh, I've interviewed even you know, Chris Hedges and uh, Paul Craig Roberts, uh, Cindy Sheehan, Kathy Kelly. So these are all activists bloggers authors so uh it is i uh basically interview people that have that message that resonates with me and then we try to as i interview these people uh get connected with them and i've been able to have uh, many of these people come to fresno and do uh, events here like we just had maria benjamin on uh, December 2nd, she was here in Fresno because she has written a new book on Ukraine war. And uh, she was on a book tour and uh, uh, got connected with uh, them. And uh, she was able to come here and we had a great event.
0: Now, now, your show is on the AM radio dial or FM radio dial in Fresno?
1: FM FM radio dial.
0: Gotcha. So people in Fresno can hear it.
1: People in Central Valley, more than Fresno. So okay. Central Valley is a pretty big area. They can hear it. And uh, uh, and then what I do is that I upload my show. I have a SoundCloud account. And then I put on a, a website uh, like Cindy Sheehan's website and uh, David Swanson's website. Uh, these people I've known for many, many years and I've interviewed them many times as well. So they upload my show on their website and as I said earlier that uh, through Andre Volchak I got connected to VD and I am really really thrilled with uh, uh, VD because you are a huge website all over the world so I have my show being listened to uh, almost all over the world in many many cities and countries and I Get that when I go on my uh, website uh, on SoundCloud account, I can see where the people are listening. Right. So that has been a great, great benefit to me.
0: Absolutely, message
1: is going. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we're glad to contribute, and again, really proud because your work is outstanding, world class, and that's what we're looking for on VT: world class stuff, and that's you. So, really appreciate it, my friend.
1: Thank you. So, anyway, uh, this year. Uh, even before uh, uh, Putin went into Ukraine on uh, 24th of February, I started, uh, uh, we started thinking uh, about it and there was a lot of coverage uh, even before that. So I had, uh, I get most of my guests from going to different websites, uh, VTE and other website that I go on a regular basis and I get emails about so, I read quite a bit. I spend a lot of time on the uh, computer reading right. articles from many, many different sources. Right. And that's uh, whatever hits me that this is what I want to do my show about since it's a monthly show. So, I have plenty of time and uh, that I do that. So, I just, uh, I have the third Wednesday, which is the next Wednesday, a week from today. And I'm going to be interviewing people. Uh, Ray McGovern, right, right. and uh, I've interviewed him a couple, three times before, so uh, he is a great voice uh, about uh, and war uh, also. Will you be talking more about Ukraine this time? Yes, we will be talking about that, what's going on, because so many things have changed. Uh, in Ukraine, I started doing show <clears throat> in January, and I've done like about 10 or so shows on just on Ukraine war as the changing, the situation is changing. And uh, biggest concern of the peace uh, anti-war activist I have is, uh, I'm a firm believer that we, by we, I mean US and NATO instigated and provoked Russia into getting into this war. And uh, as a result of that, not just that we are keep on escalating, escalation is gone to the point where uh, the Nord Stream pipelines were destroyed and then there was an attack on the another pipeline as well uh, on the bridge and uh, just recently just in the last two weeks uh, there has been attack inside Russia. And as I read that uh, uh, Ukraine could not have done it without the support of U.S. and U.K. Right. So there is a full support of the satellite and all of that to do that. And uh, that's that's a major escalation. And it's Putin somehow is holding back. He's not attacking the U- uh, NATO countries directly. Mm-hmm. But you never know, because I guess he is just taking his time. And uh, as we hear from many of the people that the war is going to get escalated. The biggest concern I have is that, I mean, many people think we are already in World War Three, mm-hmm. And uh, the biggest concern is the nuclear war. We are right. moving towards a nuclear confrontation. Uh, despite the propaganda that we hear that Putin is threatening, Putin is threatening, but in essence, since Russia is in a better position to have, um, to uh, win the war, so it's more likely that US and NATO are more likely to use nuclear weapons because many people in US, uh, Biden, New Cons, and Pentagon, they really think in terms of that a nuclear war is winnable, which is maddening to even think that you can win a nuclear war. But that's what their thinking is. And so that's one of my main concern at this
0: point. I-, I wonder where they get that from. Is that because the United States attacked Japan in World War II and it was an atomic bomb, two of them? And mm-hmm. I- apparently that turned out... Okay, I guess, if that's how you look at it. You think that kind of mentality exists over there still?
1: Well, it's a long history since that time. I mean, that's the beginning of the Cold War. And, of course, we had a Cold War for 40-plus years against Soviet Union uh, until the collapse of Soviet Union in uh, early 90s, 1991. And so, yes, uh, and then after... uh, Uh, after 1991 uh, uh, what we call is just uh, uh, we entered into what is called a unipolar world and uh, an American hegemony and they thought they could do anything they want and that's when you started getting into uh, expansion of NATO which is uh, violating the word that James Baker gave to Gorbachev that we will not uh, expand NATO one inch east, and they have been doing it starting with Bill Clinton. Uh, they started ex- uh, expanding NATO and then George Bush, uh, it has just gone. Uh, the amazing thing is that uh, we have had, what is it, since 1823, Monroe Doctrine, mm-hmm. where we told all the European powers at that time, uh, the European countries that stay out of our backyard. This is our backyard and you are not allowed. So that was our security concern. We want to uh, address that way. But when Russia says that we need security guarantees, we just don't listen. We don't Mm. listen to Putin and uh, they just think they don't have any right to be secure.
0: Right. Where, Where do you think this is going? This is obviously a very big picture thing. You got the powers at the very, very top having a battle and people are getting hurt over it and it's unfortunate but where do you think this is going if you had to prognosticate five years from now or 10 years from now where are we is it russia doesn't exist or is nato been destroyed where do you think this is going
1: well i personally think we are moving from a unipolar world to multipolar world uh china and russia both they have taken time uh if you look at Russia since uh, Putin came into power what was it December of 99 uh yeah when Yeltsin uh, uh brought him in and then next year he got elected so Putin has turned Russia around Russia was on the verge of bankruptcy uh it was in a very very bad shape because all through the 90s um it was uh, uh Yeltsin who was letting uh American businessmen go there and uh uh, do uh, privatize everything working with the russian oligarchs who were making money also so that went on through the 90s and then putin came in and he has turned russia around not only put it on a solid economic background but made military advances also but they just took time and they didn't do anything when uh US started expanding NATO in uh, like I said uh, during the Clinton time in the 90s and then uh, du- uh, during uh, George uh, W Bush uh, in 2004 so it has gone from whatever it was uh, 15 16 countries to over thir- 30 countries now
0: yep. have they added the finland yet and all those uh-
1: Countries? No, I think uh, Fin. No, they have not added it, but Finland and Sweden are interested in getting added also. And of course, uh, this was uh, in two thousand eight. They started talking about bringing Georgia and Ukrainian. So that's uh, again, that's right on the border of. Uh, uh, they already have those uh, uh Baltic countries. That are part of you, part of NATO on the border with uh, Russia, so it, Russia is just surrounded, just like Russia is surrounded. China is surrounded, but uh, China is is doing the same thing. They just don't want to. Uh, they have avoided confronting U.S. militarily for a long time, and uh, so did uh, Putin. But now I guess they think it is time to stand up and be counted and that's what's going on, it's just uh, uh, Russia and China, they are both interested in uh, uh, taking this world from unipolar world to multipolar world. And one of the thing about the multipolar world is that they do not want uh, US not to be one, uh, one of the major countries, they still think that US should be part of it as opposed to the U.S. is that they don't want any other countries, just uh, American hegemony is all they are interested in.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So you, so America, the United States of America and Washington, D.C., they want the Beltway to be the one world government, so to speak. I mean, at, yes, some, point. at some
1: point. Or what they call uh, uh, rules rules base, and they get to decide what the rules are.
0: Right. Well, as that'll be an interesting world. I, I wonder if we look... A hundred years from now, because we look a hundred years ago, and we were in a different world, right? We were World War One a hundred years ago, right? We just finished yeah. World mm-hmm. War One, and that world ch- completely changed from the Ottoman Empire in the Middle East to the English and the French being in the Middle East, and of course, uh, Pakistan didn't exist, right? Nineteen
1: forty-seven,
0: right, right, right. And so, a hundred years ago was a different world. A hundred years from now. Procrastinate. Are we looking at the United States in control of the world, or are we looking at something completely different?
1: I, I it's very hard to predict anyway because I don't even know with the if uh, we have a nuclear war, then there's not going to be any world hundred years from now. It would, it will be very hard to predict. Uh, but if it, that does not happen, um, it's just uh, at, uh, if, people talk about uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, uh, China becoming the biggest economy and India right around uh, after that and US uh, getting uh, about the same as India or a little bit below India. So once you are not the biggest economic power, it affects everything else with it, although United States since World War II has set up many of these institutions so it's uh, not going to be easy because China uh, is not there yet China is never going to be able to establish all these uh, uh, World Bank and IMF and all that they're a long way there but things are changing so my prediction would be uh, US will be there and there will be a different world. It will be a multipolar world. There will be uh, three or four or five major uh, uh, countries and uh, Russia economically is uh, whatever it is, number 10, number 11. So uh, is not likely to be economically that strong but militarily they are very strong. They have made big advances at militarily. So without russia and china together us uh, may be in a better position but uh, uh, that's not going to happen because russia and china have uh, are working together
0: you know uh, i was talking with dr kevin barrett this morning vt senior mm-hmm. editor mm-hmm. and uh, we were discussing the middle east um in the middle east we have these countries that are run by kings and sheikhs and all these things, and got 300 million Arabs that don't live in freedom. I was just wondering, do you think it's possible that at some later date we'll have a Middle Eastern Union, something like the EU, where each of these countries are states within a union, including Israel, and including Jordan and Syria and Iraq and et cetera? Is it possible that that area can have its own autonomy its own control of its resources as opposed to what we have today which is a ridiculous situation of the corporatocracy controlling the oil uh you have palestinians living in in, in a concentration camp in gaza and hebron is a ridiculous situation the west bank is just impoverished enslaved to israel you think that that might be possible well
1: things uh seems to be changing at this point uh Uh, one of the biggest things that happened in the last uh, couple of weeks was uh, uh, Xi Jinping visiting Saudi Arabia. Right. And Saudi Arabia is gradually moving away from United States. And uh, that's what uh, people think. That's uh, the dollar is getting weaker with that move, because if they started, uh, they've already signed contract with China, That China will buy uh, Saudi oil uh, in uh, Chinese currency, yuan, as opposed to paying in dollars. So that big deal. That's a big deal. Um, And uh, uh, under Trump, when he signed up those uh, Abraham Accords, where Saudi Arabia and uh, Gulf states they all recognized Israel, and they started moving but the big one uh, another change that has occurred just in the last few weeks in israel netanyahu coming back and he is uh, starting to appoint uh, right wing extremist in his government and uh, and at the same time uh, saudi arabia moving away from us so uh, whether uh, i at, in the immediate or even in the intermediate future i don't see the kings and the sheikhs going away there is uh what is it called uh, there is an arab league and there is a islamic uh, countries which has like over 50 countries 56 57 countries that are part of the uh, islamic uh, uh, conference so they are there but it's not the same as eu So at this point, uh, I I don't see. As long as the oil is there, uh, these kings and shakes will be there. It's just when you, 50 years from now, that is possible that oil may not be as an important or a huge commodity as it is today. At that time, you could probably speculate that the kings and sikhs will disappear and the people will start rising up.
0: You know, I just saw Michio Kaku on TV this morning talking about uh-huh. the fusion breakthrough. Oh, yeah! Where yes. they found uh, shooting the lasers to create more energy uh, than it costs to produce. Or, or So they think that this is a breakthrough that in 10 to 20, 30 years from now, they'll be able to produce energy... Uh, free through fusion that's clean and it's not Mm -hmm. dangerous and i think if that's true 30 years from now let's just envision a world where each home has its own fusion generator or each community yes Mm -hmm. or or cars are run by fusion even transportation that's going to completely change the middle east because all they have is desert yeah
1: yeah oil will not be the major commodity as it is today yes So that, yeah, that's exactly what I meant is that scientific advances uh, because as far as um, the renewable energy, the uh, solar power and uh, uh, wind power and all that, they have been around for a long time, but they are not really a major breakthrough. Uh, I don't see uh, those renewable energy replacing oil in the near future but you're right Right, about this fusion it is possible uh that can happen yeah
0: well let's hope it changes the world in a positive way you know because we need a good positive world in our future uh i don't need oil wars i don't need wars for resources i just need clean water a job and a safe place for my family to live
1: yes you're right but then you brought up something here now that Will be the next time I I have been because there is a shortage of water. There are only a couple of countries in the world, I guess, Canada and Iceland, uh, that have access water. Otherwise, all almost all two hundred countries in the world have shortage of water. So the water is the commodity that we will be right. having wars I'm for next.
0: I'm here. I'm here in uh, Ensenada, Mexico, and we have a drought here. That's just about uh, an hour and a half south of the border. Uh, maybe uh-huh. six six or seven hours from you in Fresno. Uh, I have a eco-friendly home. In my home, I recycle all my water, black and oh. gray. So, mm-hmm. so we use our water from the shower or the bathroom or the toilet. We recycle it. We clean it through biosand filters, uh, plants, oxygen. And I reuse that water for our forest, our trees, and things that we plant outside. And wow. uh, so when you're ready to do that show, if you want uh, a hands-on a tour of my property or a hands-on show of how I do it just to give the the practical use of how to conserve water. Let me know.
1: Oh, okay. Good. That'll be something.
0: Yes. (laughs) I'll send you a link on my gray water system so you can check it out. Okay. On that note, I want to say uh, thanks for being on the show, Dan. Love talking to you. Um, Of course, VT listeners out there, you'll see Speaking Truth to Empire on VT. That's VeteranStay.com. But, of course, if you're on SoundCloud, because VT Radio is on SoundCloud, check out Dan Yassine's show on SoundCloud, Speaking Truth to Empire. And anybody listening in the Central Valley of California, get on 88.1, right? 88.1 FM. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect, Dan. Listen, Dan, you have a lovely holiday season and uh, we'll look forward to your next show.
1: Thank you so much, Johnny. If you
0: enjoyed this presentation, hit the like button now. Also, share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. VT approves this message.